trapped a bunch of aging role-playing gamers in their homes, forcing them to crawl out of their pen and paper comfort zone and into the online world of virtual tabletops and video calls. To join them as they raise the curtain to share their stories, insights, and love all things geek. To grab your long sword and your plus one bottle of Viagra and get ready for another episode of Advanced Age Role-Playing Gamers Podcast. That's a lot of syllables for one sentence. All right, welcome to AARPG's first Meet the Cast, a chance for you to meet the different uh, players and hosts on the AARPG podcast channel. Uh, today, uh, taking the uh, first uh, shot at it is Sean. All right, would you uh, introduce yourself? First, I'd like to say how honored and privileged I am to have this opening first time, recognizing that you recognize I am the most important member of this cast, that uh, I am wise and of all things gaming. And before you mute me, I should probably get into the reality. Uh, <laughs> so my name's uh, my name's Sean, last name Mahoney. I'm son of Tom, grandson of Patrick, the great immigrant who came across the shores from Ireland during the, after uh, around the turn of the century. Uh, I'm in my fifties. Uh, I have a I have a Marine, former Marine, and I have a law enforcement background. But I have a co- college degree. Um, I like reading. I'm married. I have a child. Um, uh, uh, that's pretty much a short of it. Uh, nothing too exciting there. Uh, my hobbies are uh, camping. Uh, I used to play. Uh, I used to exercise a lot. I had to cut that down because of COVID and raising my kid. So that's pretty much a short of it. Cool. Long walks to the beach. No. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, the beach is fine, actually. Yes. Midget porn. No, that's, uh, you're confusing me with Chris. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chris likes midget porn. Uh, Tier, my good friend Tier, I don't want to even get to what he has. He has <laughs> Japanese Henesha porn thing. Tony Kubo, just say pixie. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh, when did you uh, start playing? In, in uh, Yeah, when, when did you start playing? So one, one on my birthday, I want to say I was around seven. It could have been six. Uh, my parents got me the old D&D, not the original, but the second, you know, the original one was like a black and white box. Right, right. And shortly after it came out with the original, it came out with the D&D box set, the basic set, the blue box. Red, the blue box, okay. There was a blue, then there was a red box. I got okay. that later. So I got the blue box, and uh, I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I'm a little kid. I didn't say hell. I didn't start cutting <laughs> seven. Uh, but uh, I get this thing, and I liked fantasy and all that sort of sorcery stuff and uh, sci-fi, you know, I like watching Star Trek. So my parents got it. And they, my parents, like, you know, the D&D scare, they didn't care about that crap. My mother was very practical. My dad just didn't care. Uh, so I got it. Um, I sacrificed a lamb. Uh, and then I anointed my friends and we played a D&D <laughs> game. And I, she was the DM. And I mm. did the rules. I, I did the best you can for a child. I did it a few times. I got the advanced set later. But really, it sort of fell off until I got into high school. And then there was a D&D club, and I remember, God, I really like this. So I bought my you know, basic set, my blue dice, then the yellow. The advanced had yellow dice, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I played. And uh, and if we just played D&D. We played some uh, spy games, some other. I don't even remember. There was like a spy game you could play. Was it Top Secret? Yeah, Top Secret. Had, top yeah. Secret. Yeah. And we played that. We played some stuff. Then we came. Then I went to... End up at PG, and we joined a games club. 
And uh, I think I was there before all of you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's where I met met you, yep. uh, all you. But I was there for a year, and I went to Marines and came back, and you guys were there. I was like, wow, look at this. But uh, but we I played D&D there, basically. I, I played D&D, and uh, it was great to get back into it. It was still the first edition at that point. There was no second edition. Still plodding through first edition. And then we uh, we played, uh, I think, Palladium came. When I came back, Palladium yeah. had come up because, Nathan, I think you like Palladium. Yeah, I really like Palladium. And then, but Malcolm had this Robotech. I'm like, what the hell is Robotech? <laughs> I said, and then I realized it's basically gay Japanese robot porn. Um, you know, just kidding. It's not. But, <laughs> but, it's like, but that's what Malcolm called it. And Malcolm is gay. So I, I took him at his word. And then he, he lied to me, basically. And uh, I realized it was this really sci-fi fantasy uh, anime. I never heard of that before based on that. Uh, and it was uh, it was cool. You know, it was cool. I didn't understand the playing system too much, but I had fun playing it. And we played other games. I played like Twilight 2000 at one point down mm-hmm. when I was there. And the original version of it. And I played, uh, what else? We played GURPS. Groups, champions. God, champions. champions, yeah, champions was yeah. awesome, and uh, and we played GURPS, and we played, we sort of hovered around those games until. Did you ever do any out. vampire? Did you ever? Were you ever vampire? We played vampire to masquerade. Yeah. I got a great, a great memory of that, Nathan. You, you being a DM, you are. I, I was playing a what the hell was it? I was playing a small vampire. I purposely made him like five foot four, and he was uh, this sort of uh, I forgot what he was. So Gangrel. Yes, make you make claws and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had to feed one night, and I said, you know, my whole thing for my character was like he would go after bad people if he had to feed. Yeah. And I, some guys were tried to rob me, and I jumped them, and I, and they're like, "Who are you, man?" I said, "I'm Batman," and I because I'm a vampire. <laughs> and everybody laughed. You said you had too much fun losing man, and I'm like. This, this game sucks every time. Because it's vampire. I said this is like a totally goth game, and it was a goth game. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I sort of was like, I'm going to be so pissed. Like, God damn it. How, I should have played like a angry, I should have played one of them other races where, you know, you're like, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, but Tremere. Yeah. Dan had a good character. Concept. <laughs> his, his was, uh, as I recall, he played a character who believed sucking on pure people would, uh, make him human. Yeah. He had a great concept and Nathan gave into it. So he had a, uh, he had ghoulified some nuns and he would go feed on them. And I'm like, <laughs> How can you allow this, Nathan? He goes, it's a great idea, and I don't really have time to take it in a bad direction. I said, oh, that's, that's fair. I kept waiting for like a priest to come up, like out of the old Dracula movies, and rake him in the heart like a pure face and turn yeah. to ash. I, I think I had like a a hunter, a holy hunter character uh, 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 adversary in in the later game that kind of went after him. So he, he got his. Uh, yeah, and, he did. And I apologize that, like any game you're in me uh, uh, in with me that I run, I, I like consequences. I think consequences are fun. And, well, I don't uh, mind consequences. <laughs> it's just I didn't understand the mechanics of the game, and I didn't realize how goth it was until you said that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. man, this is a goth game, and I really did like. Uh, I was I was really truly at that time, I'm like not a goth guy. Obviously, no. I appreciated the lifestyle, but I was more of a metal dude. Obviously, so I was like, what's all this? Pep, 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 this Joy and pain and all this and being this and that. It's, it's vampire. It's a master. But I had a lot of guy friends outside our group that yeah. into it, man. They live role played it at cons, and I was like, "What the hell is this going on here?" And I, I figured it out. Yeah, you know, larpers are a different breed. But, uh. They are, man. They are, <laughs> but they're fun. Good for them. 
So I'm going to jump number two, because I'm pretty sure that was Dungeons & Dragons is the first system you played. Yeah, Dungeons & Dragons mm-hmm. was the first system I played. Yep. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go into number three, and uh, and not the game, it's number four. And uh, so do you remember your first character, or what's the oldest the, character you can remember? The first character I remember was a D&D character first year, uh, was a guy named Cronin the Barbarian. It's one that Greg killed that I lost. Sounds familiar. Uh, because I was having a really bad week. And uh, but he he was a douche. I mean, he really was. He was a douche. He, I, I particularly made him a bit of a douche, and uh, you know, and he got killed like a douche. <laughs> but uh, but it was my first character, and I I really got into and did the whole backstory on, and really got into. And uh, that's the first time I learned you can't get too attached to your characters because I had a bad week. Like I had this girl I broke up with, and there was all this bad stuff going on, and I had some stuff going on at home, and so I came and met the game that night. And we went from playing, we had this new DM that we split the group. The group got too big. And the guy was one of these killer DMs that you heard about back in the day. He just liked killing people. And that's what he did. He killed characters off just at a whim. He was a bit of a douchebag. But that's, uh, you know, that's what happened. And that was fine. You know, and then I moved on to my next character, on a, you know, D&D character. But he was the first one I really remember that I have, a, at least D&D-wise, I remember. The ones following that were sort of just, you know, me screwing around, and I think we got away from D anD D for a while after that. Uh, well, at least I went away. Then I in the Marines, and I came back. Yeah, we were we were doing different things. We weren't playing D anD D when I came back. It was GURPS and Palladium. So I didn't play D anD D again for a while. Um, and those characters really, I don't know. They weren't fine. I mean, I played Marvel. I, I did enjoy Marvel a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but I had a t- how I found. I didn't really feel <laughs> it's so lazy. I just didn't feel like I had time to learn the characters because we kept jumping games because I was studying and I was working and then I was partying so much. And it was this hierarchy of like, dude, if I take time to read these books, I'm not going to fucking have time to go out and fucking hang out and drink or go to the strip joints, which is the big hobby of mine at the time. So I would take a character (laughs) pre-made and say, let me play this. And I would. And then I'd get then I want to do stuff to that character. And I go, you can't. It's the original character. Like, no, really, I could do this to the character. Right, and I get in these arguments with like James was the fucking worst. You want to take the character, and you just want to change the concept because this is how I learn, man. You know, I don't sit there and read the book like for freaking you know and read every minute detail. <laughs> so then uh, I started hanging out with Roy, as you guys remember, he played champions, oh, yeah. and Roy was like James, but he was more fun at it. Uh, he would read the rules. And he was really irritating to Dan. I remember he would pull stuff out. and Dan would get so mad when he ran a game because he was right. And he would find some rules and he would make this character. Roy could twist. was the first person. He was the best at it first. He could he could take a bunch of rules. He could hold them up like in a dimension, like in a like some sort of 3D in his mind to expand it and go, if I connect these dots, I can have a guy that can punch some guy and his head will explode. Literally, and he would do it, and he he and he would start laughing, but he wouldn't pull that out until the big fight, and he would hide it in plain sight. He'd write all these notes down, and he'd look at his character, and then he'd go, "Well, what you didn't see is this right here, and I wrote here, and why did you already approved it? You gotta let me do it now." And they would have to, of course, you'd let him do it because you did as a game master and approve the character. You had to eat it, mm-hmm. so that that was always fun. But uh, yeah. So, so then after that, the characters I had, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed, uh, like, uh, I'm sorry, we were answering, uh, that's my first character. Go ahead. Well, if, yeah, I guess if you have a, uh, 
Have you got some other favorites? Well, yeah, well, get, yeah, who's your favorite? Well, we can go to the next one, the favorite game system. Yeah. Because uh, the, the way the questions relate, then we go to the favorite character. So the favorite game system I played recently, I did enjoy Marvel to some extent. I hated the karma rules. I love champions. I thought champions you could do so much with. There's so much you could do with the point system there. The yeah. problem is you got to really regulate it because, man, if you get really good at it, like we eventually we got so good at it, you could take a character and make it so ridiculously powerful as a game master. It's so much you're, – you're, it's like a, uh, what, D, what is it, uh, Dragon Ball. You're destroying the world every time you play because you're so powerful. Yeah, um, I'd like to play champions again sometime. Yeah. Right? Uh, the other thing is uh, I like – currently, I think the best system I enjoy playing is, is uh, D&D 5e because they've just done so much with it. And there's so many directions you can take the characters. I think you give it, you got way many options. Starfinder is very limited because it's a newer system. I don't hate Starfire. Some of our, I know we play a game right now with Starfire. I enjoy it. I've adjusted to it. I think it has its limitations, but I think it's okay. Right now, it'll be Champions. Um, that's that's the characters. The game set. I'm not Champions. It would be Five uh, E. Because I haven't played Champions. I know there's different rules out for it now. Yeah. Uh, so if you. So that's that's the guess game system I think I would go with. Okay. But D and D's fifth editions, I just say it's pretty forgiving. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a fun cinematic system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they they've they've expanded on it. They have all these books, and they did this D and D Beyond. That's it. That that's what makes it really a killer. So the thing with D and D Beyond is we can all share our resources, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in the resources. You have spaceships. You could have guns now. You could have you could play all sorts of monks. The characters in the original game you could never play. You can create now. Um, there's so many variations just on a ranger or a fighter or a cleric. Mm-hmm. I mean, my character, the um, current character of the balance, uh, he's the Omega. The Omega. Yeah. He uh, he's a cleric, but he fucking. He's a cleric that, like, he's more like a death knight because he goes around and he freaking can suck the life out of people. Yeah, he's a badass. He's a badass, and he has some good hit points, and he has a good hit armor. And I'm like, you know, he's he's all right. He doesn't have the number of attacks, but he, he can stand there and take a beating, and he get, and he can heal, which is weird. Mm-hmm. He's like, I yes, I drained the soul. I, 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 just, I restored the balance by draining this person's soul. Now I will give you life that managed the balance. And it's like, people are like, what? What the hell is this guy talking? What's this robot talking about? <laughs> you know, you can do stuff like that in Five E. You can take a curveball and go in a different direction. Where, you, and, and I think we've expanded the alignments. Where, you know, if you explain the character concept with the alignment correctly enough, it'll work. Where in the old days, like you could be a paladin now that's lawful neutral, like they, they right. Yeah, they're definitely less restrictive on alignments, and um, and it's definitely more more fluid. And that's you know, it's there's something to be said about about having strict alignments as part of a game mechanic. But but uh, you know, you, you found as your GM, you kind of uh, found yourself either like. Uh, being too heavy with it, heavy handed with like trying to correct people or, or you just kind of hand waved it and said, okay, I'm just going to ignore that. The fact that you're torturing somebody. So, <laughs> well, yeah, it is a GM. You guys are GMs more than I am. At the, ultimately, at the end of the day, it gives you leeway to do what you need to do, which you can always do, but it gives, I think a character or more, if I'm developing a character, I have a concept. Like 
when I started the Omega, which is he's an interesting guy, and he's a war to explain to the who's watching. He's of course called a war forge, and he's a robot, living robot who became a cleric, and he believes in the balance, which is a uh, all there must be a balance. You cannot be too much good or evil in the world. That's the basic concept of his religion. Mm-hmm. Too much of one leads to ends up going the other way. So if there's too much evil in the world, the world suffers and good rises up. Of course, it's distort that, but that causes pain to everybody. And but if there's too much good, good itself could be oppressive and cause harm to people. Because what what is good? If I think I'm good, we all believe the same thing, but you believe differently. I'm going to crush your belief even though if it's not harmful. So that's along the lines, that's sort of the lines I was taking him. I hadn't fleshed it out yet because it's sort of tricky. But Nathan was letting me go with it. And, uh, and it was cool to play. He was lawful neutral, and he had a code, and you know he was trying to stick to his code. Um, uh, but, it, but it was interesting. you know. And, and he can do that now in D&D. You can do that in a lot of games. Before, and we were real, if you think about it, we go back 20 years or so, at least in the last 10 years, I think, there's been so much leeway in some games in the older systems. Um, mm. You know, I mean, Palladium. When we first played Palladium, the Palladium system, you had the basic Palladium. Um, you had a hero's book, which mm-hmm. was okay. You know, you throw the MDC and SDC out. There was a lot of variations. And they had the Supernatural. I loved the Supernatural game, Palladium, by that the way. Fun. I loved my char- that was one of my favorite characters. Oh, Matt Runt ran that. Yeah, Matt ran that. I love my character, the Nega Psychic. I love. Who, who was. Oh, you were the Nega Psychic. I was the one. Yeah. I saw it. I said, that's my guy. Why? I said, nice. because I'm the one that doesn't believe in any of this hippie bullshit. So I yeah. will fuck it at the time. I said, <laughs> I will be him. I will disbelieve my way into that. And I always played that in a Rifts game you started. Uh, but I, I, we went in the other direction I went in because I figured I didn't want to rehash the same character, basically. Uh, I think that we could roll into the next question, actually, because we're getting into characters. Six. Yeah. Uh, so six. Yeah, so do you have a favorite character? Well, do, do we kind of talk about that? No? No, no. sort of. Not really. Uh, yeah, do you have, yeah who's, your, who's your favorite? Well, my first favorite character would be... Sort of, you're always your first because that's the one that pops your cherry when you get into it. <laughs> uh, but I, he, he wasn't my most creative, but he was my first. My first real character, I really put a lot in thought into and a lot of like developmental thought. I would say it was with Malcolm when we played Gerps, when we played uh, uh, with Sparrowhawk. I think it was Sparrowhawk. He had the world. I had Patrick Mahanek. He had it, the Duke of the South. He became mm. the Duke of the South, but he was this. Uh, I told the Malcolm the concept, and he, I had a rifle. I had a black powder rifle. I was with this advanced race of goblins. I was a journeyman. He had a whole backstory about he was a stray son of a lord and Balwinian who set on his own to find his own kingdom. And he was sort of very, uh, very efficient, not necessarily evil, but he would, if he had to kill a bunch of people to get the job done and who were evil in the way, he would, no quarter, he would give it. You know, it was sort of a hardness. I made a hardness to the character and, um, and I'll give you an example. We killed a whole tribe of orcs. Uh, we had to clear the sacred, this land, and I, uh, from this guy who was, uh, who was the character who was going to be the king, and I said, he goes, everything in the south is yours. So I was going to be the duke of the south. I was going to be have my own little kingdom, and I had plans. So I said, okay, and we had a tribe of orcs that were terrorizing me. I said, so we went down, and we sealed them and killed the whole, all of them, men, women, and children. I said, we have to kill them all because they always come back to all. So the character killed them. And it took a very brutal, brutal rule, but I told, we talked about it. And I said, well, we, let's get real. It's the Middle Evil Ages. You know, it's this isn't modern era. This is like 
these guys will come back and kill everybody. They, they eat humans, you know, right? I mean, mm-hmm. no, these are these are bastards, right? They're, they 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 terrorize the rest of the people, right? So we have to kill them. It's not like we have the resources to hold them or train them. There's like thirty. There's ten of us, you know. Even with NPCs, so we have to. So we kill them. And I, I said, kill them. And Malcolm let me go in that direction, like you know, in sort of a dark direction. Not you know, uh, but he, but it was what needed to be done. And that was coming back to haunt the character later because somebody tried to blow him up. Uh, there's this whole backstory. It was, it was, it was. There was, there was consequences. Second, Emerald Fury. Now, Emerald Fury was a amazing character. It was a group surf super character. He was an Irishman, and he was he was a uh, spokesperson for Guinness. He was sort of based <laughs> on like you know, remember the? Uh, it was just around the same time we played that movie came out with the uh, Ben Stiller, the superhero movie. Oh yeah, and the main hero was sponsored. So I said, right. so I said, I said Malcolm's going. Yeah, you got to develop a character. I said Malcolm, I got it. And he goes, what is it? Because this is the character. You're going to love it. He goes, Irishman, Emerald Fury, sponsored by Guinness and Bushmills. He has a freaking, uh, 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 what is it? The, uh, you know, the, the hero has their uh, buddy who goes with them. His name's Stout. You know, right. Emerald Fury, I'm Irish, and I'm powered by whiskey. And, <laughs> and he, but what he was was he was like a Green Lantern pair. He had a power pool, and he... He would get interviewed and he would say stuff like, I, I'm going to say things like people in Ireland would say, you know, people, they, they, all the characters from America, well, you know, we were captured, we need justice and we're not trying to kill anybody. Obviously, we're trying to do good and this and that. Emerald Fury, how do you think? Oh, that's great. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. But if somebody's going to do something, and if I think they get away and they can hurt somebody, I'm just going to kill them. And, and, and he goes, what? You're going to say, oh, yeah, why not? I mean, they're trying to kill people, for God's sake. I mean, the cops can't hold them. Why are we going to come back and get out? I'm just going to kill them. Matter of fact, I want to say right now in the news, if you're a villain and I catch you and you're killing people, I'm just going to kill you. So quit now. Now I'm going to go have a drink. And, uh, you all t- and I had a much more thick accent. I practiced it. Next, But he was fun. Uh, then there was the other character, Matt, was in your game, was Captain Locke. It was a warlock. Oh, yeah. Which you dragged on this journey. Um, and... Uh, that's a memorable character. Uh, and currently, I got to say, the one I'm enjoying a lot is another one. It's, it's Zed, which is based on Zardos from Zed, from Sean Con- who literally looks just <laughs> like him and wears a thong. And he's who's basically a murderer who who is on this journey. He's, you know, I, I, is, is, is alignment the best described as like lawful neutral. And he does have a code. He doesn't just, re- even though he says he murders people, I don't think he's actually ever just murdered anybody. Uh, since we started playing, this group just killed anybody. They had really had to like do something violent or do something where he had to take action to kill him. No, uh, we, we we leave that to Nathan's character. <laughs> Nathan's character in that game. I just want to say, Nathan's character talked to Zed about shoving people in this weapon and using him as a soul burner to power a gun. We need Zed batteries. Almost, Zed almost went with it. He almost went with it, but then he realized that you know. The people he was going to use were just a bunch of like religious people, and he just just something inside him just kept him from doing it. But um, now, if we had a bunch of like villains, real true villains, he'd shove them in there. Though he hmm. would just shove them in there. If we had if we had a bunch of people invade the base, we had like and they did horrible things. He'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to get in this tube right here. We're gonna we're gonna t- okay okay try it. Hit the button. <laughs> just to try it out. Just burn them. So there's a so I just right now. So I just have yeah, to convince funny. you that they're villains, but so no, right. no, they have to be. It's not hard, not hard. Zed, Zed's villain count is low. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's true, yeah, it's true, yeah. 
You went to that village and you took all the money from the people. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm going to kill you now. Yeah, that's just that's all it takes. That actually sounds like Emerald Fury. That's completely wrong. That's not how he talks. <laughs> so, so Sean, I got to say, um, we, we got a little connection here. Is is I would say one of it's not, I'm not, one of my favorite characters of all time is the the character of Locke, right? Your character from because, and I think it's the, one of the favorites for me is because uh, as a GM, it's really the only time, it's the only game I've ever been able to run from beginning to end. And so, and 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 although there were a lot of memorable characters yeah. in that game, the story was woven around your your fate, right? Of oh, yeah, going from right. that, right? And Jeez. so, yeah, no, I, I, I right. So it is. Um, that's one of my most memorable characters too, just because as a GM, it's hard sometimes to run a full campaign, a full story. So yeah, yeah it was cool. cool. I, I enjoyed that. It was it was good, and uh, even my shade, the one that was the fastest man alive. He was interesting. I just never – I knew I was going to go away from him, so I didn't get into him. I think if I played him more, I would have got – I would have developed him more. Though he had a decent end, I think, um, in how you closed his loop. Um, just as, uh, oh, yeah, in, in the new story? Yeah, you closed his loop, loop like in Looper. Uh, so there we go. So those are my characters I like. So <laughs> We could probably move on to the next question. Yeah, uh, number seven. All right, so why do you play role-playing games? Well, why why do I do it? I don't get paid to do it. It takes time out of my life. You know, um, well, thankfully, I'm married now. So, I mean, you can never tell people that when you're younger. It wasn't cool. Uh, but it was, you know, wouldn't get you chicks to tell people that you had a fucking 10th level paladin uh, you know, <laughs> no? in, in Dartmoor. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, uh, no, I... Um, well, I liked it because initially, because it was fun to hang. I mean, I was when I went to the math, I sort of was... Uh, in high school, I was sort of, I went, you know, I was a kid in a school and I didn't know anybody. And it was tough. It's tough when you go into high school, in a boys' high school. And, um, and when I, and I was, uh, and really, I should have probably, in the modern day, I would have probably been pulled into, uh, I was actually pretty smart. And, uh, but I was so bored. I just, I just had struggled because, and they just, you know, they didn't want to do anything with me. Uh, they, cause I, I lost it. Well, they didn't like, nobody bought you and talked to you and they never did tests to figure out what was going on. Like now, if I was struggling, they'd get a test and they'd figure out that, Oh, he's bored. We need to challenge him. Yeah. Um, and, but that I just sort of had, was like, I was, didn't have anything to do. I couldn't play sports cause my grades initially weren't good. But, um, uh, then when my grades got better, I just didn't want to do it. Cause at that point I was a sophomore and I didn't feel like doing it. Um, I wanted to actually get to work. I, went, I was looking for jobs to make money. Um, but I started playing D&D, and that's played, uh, we played D&D again. We played, and I liked it because it was a getaway from reality. You're a kid looking to do stuff. I was reading fantasy books like Lord Fowlsbane, Stephen Donaldson books, mm-hmm. and uh, Pierce Anthony books. Um, his books uh, were out. Some other books, fantasy novels I was going through, and that was my thing, man. So that's 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 what I got into in high school, and that's why I got into it. It was fun. It was it was good to hang out and just make make believe in a world. Um, that that's that's uh, why I play. I mean, where else can you like? It's we got VR now, right? And we got uh, all this media and movies you can watch. We didn't have that then, guys. And uh, any if some kid sees this interview, he's twenties. You you can you can immerse yourself in all sorts of stuff. You can put a haptic suit on. Um, put a VR set on and play an hour at one of these VR studios killing zombies. 
We didn't have that. So now it's like it's a mind thing. You can get in, you see something movie, you want to some fantasy world, you want to see I pick some movie franchise, uh, Terminator. You were in robots, it's an apocalypse setting. You could take one of these game systems and you could be in that game. Because that's what we did. We created worlds. You know, we created a vampire world, we created a, a fantasy realm. I mean, Dan had a whole world, though he was a bit of a brutal sometimes about it. He had some sort of absolute rules about how he ran his world. He had a big fantasy world he, he built. and You could do that, and you there's a structure to it. Like Malcolm was great at creating the world. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. You should write it. I don't know why he does it. Uh, Matt, you, you want to do a, basically a sci-fi trilogy uh, or an operetta, whatever you want to call it, and you can be a part of that. And that's sort of fun because Babylon 5 is awesome. Who doesn't want to be in a story like that and be a, play a character? Who doesn't want to play a character like Lord of the Rings where you can create a character like that and somebody makes a big baddie? And you guys get around doing it. And, of course, you're drinking, you're joking around. It's not just the gaming. We, what else do we talk about? I mean, we're old men, so we – not old. We're older men, so we talk about you're politics. Old. We talk about oh, 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 this guy and that guy and all this happy bullshit because it is all bullshit. Politics is bullshit. Um, you know, and, 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 and most people are full of – you know, I'll get into that later. That's in another question. <laughs> Uh, but uh, basically, it's like we can talk about it and we can sound because we all don't see eye to eye on everything. And, but we've known each other long enough where we can we can talk. And that, that's part of this concept is having fun, getting together and doing things. You know, we can't we don't go to titty joints anymore. We go to we play games where we go to titty joints <laughs> and throw money at people, you know, and, uh, you know, that we they, know of. And they, have, they might have four titties, but it's OK. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Or, or am I? <laughs> or am I? Or am so I? So I guess uh, uh, the next question is, uh, why do you think role-playing games are so popular today? Well, one, it's you know, it's it's taken off. Let's get real. It was, it was just D&D for a while. Then, like the late 80s, other groups started going. In the 90s, you start seeing other games. And I think it's just something that keeps growing. It's One is um, internet. I think internet, like like I said, I'll go back to D and D Beyond, uh, roll roll twenty using that system. Uh, it's easier for people to game. It's just there's so many resources, there's so many games. Yeah, I think it's more accepted. I think there was a time like remember the D and D scare and people like yeah, I yeah. Mean, and there and there were some people, some religious groups, and I'm not bashing religious groups. Don't get me wrong, but. Religious groups had problems with rock and roll, and they had problems with rap, and they've had problems with this everything. Some groups, you know, they fun, fun. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they just think, and you know, and I understand they're worried about the moral souls of everybody. But it, it helped. Some groups had problems with video games, and none of those have ever proven to be any problem to anybody growing up. You know, um, and I think, I think, parents, people in general, see a value of. It makes you playing a game where you're playing a fantasy, you're playing unusual things, sort of broads your mental horizon. It makes you think about things that are different because you are, I mean, you can look at it that way because you do stuff. And if you have somebody that's really creative as a game master, they can put you in situations you will never be in in life and you got to figure it out. Things that are like, you know, you can literally have a situation like if you're really good. I just listened to, there's a, I'm going to quote a, give a pre contact podcast that was called Dark Dice where, Every decision was bad. Every decision was tough. Every decision you had to, you know, they were they were faced with these really, basically, you know, they're basically trying to keep a a, a closed way God from coming, and it and it was very 
there's like Cthulhu-esque type of mentality where everything is hard and drive can drive you crazy. And you're taking making decisions based on your result, people's deaths, uh, you know, and, and it puts you in a position how you're going to react to that and how you think you would react, you know. So, uh, not to make it too seriously, it's still a game. Don't get me yeah. wrong. And when you do it, you're like, wow, it makes you think a little deeper. And I, I think there's something to that because I think people, I do believe people are bored. I do sometimes, I think, because we have it really good here in America. And anybody who's been overseas, I know Matt has been. He's, he's done some things. Uh, Tier has worked. I, of course, have, where I work, and I've seen some very poor, destitute people. Uh, and I've been in worlds, areas where people are poor and destitute and, and, and the type of living they do would shock us here. And I think we have it good, so people get to experience a little bit of that in some sense. They get to, depending on how the game, they get totally unusual circumstances, and it's a, it challenges you, and it's sort of fun to be challenged. So, yeah, if that makes sense, I know that's true. Um, Next. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, real world experiences. Um, have they really changed how you play? Oh well, yeah, I think anybody. I mean, just growing older changes your your because when you're in your twenties, you don't know how to be a parent. You don't know how. Um, so I'll give you an example. You're in D and D, and you're in the village, and you're in college. Your characters listen. Oh, brave knight and warrior. Our families and children are here, and blah blah blah. And you're like in your twenties, like. Fear not, we will go out into the woods, but we need protection. We're worried about this. Us in our 20s would leave the village, go out and try and find the guys. And, you know, oh, my God, they came in. It gets horrible. They killed the village. These bastards. Now, now we would think, yeah, that would be a bad idea. We really probably should leave somebody. It wouldn't be right to leave these children alone because we understand the value of children because we have children. You know, we, we understand that we're not just so carefree. You grow older, you, you, you think about things. You, if you're running a good system, you, you think about the reality. Would I really just do that? If I'm really a good person, I'm not going to leave mama or five kids and all the women and children hiding alone. Just hide in this building. Don't worry. The, the de- demon orcs won't get you and pillage and rape you <laughs> and take your souls. It'll be fine. We'll be out in the woods chasing them. They're not going to come in and get you, and you're defenseless. But um, but uh, it, there's that. Um, and I think uh, – it, it, that things like that, we, you, your perceptions, your what you go through, good and bad, uh, changes your perceptions of how you game. Um, it brings something good to it, you know. It brings expertise, like being my background in the, is, a, is in the military. Like we were playing the, the alien game, and it's okay, you're playing a gun, and this, and I just stepped right into it, man. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> now playing, I cannot do a woman's voice for the life of me, so I don't even try. But what's your problem, Green Bay? What is your what is your major malfunction? I'm gonna put my foot, you know, the whole nine. And I went and, and everybody's like, uh, Matt be the guy, you just stepped right in. I said, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just you just never leave. Just turned it on. I, I was I was thinking that first night, you just there was not even a hiccup. It was just like someone like flipped the switch and suddenly it was, you know, Gunny Mahoney, right? It was like, yeah, I know it was, but I just I lived that, so I, I got it on. It's like green bean. Who the hell is green bean? <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> I came up with it. It's a, and I had names. I was going to come up with names for everybody eventually. Yeah, that's, that's great. But, but uh, then, um, what's his name? Uh, then, uh, but you know, my background having law enforcement for over the years is um, so you get to you can see people at their best and worst. So you can you can understand if if um, 
if let's say I was going to do something, you know, uh, I was going to make something. If I was a game master, somebody asked me how depraved or or something uh, was, and I've had people ask me in gaming, uh, like about police. We have had comments on how long for how people act and how the court systems work, and is it possible for this to happen? And I, and I tell them, yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you know, you, you see, you know, you see, you know, describing, you know, this, this certain situations in gaming, like uh, how a crowd will react if such and such happened. And we're like, oh, they would totally do this. Obviously, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, um, it's, you know, being, being anything, you know, good and bad. Like, you know, it's like, uh, I've seen, you, you see people at their best, you know, you know, you, you just, you just know, um, I think, um, uh, that's you know you know how you know how medics work. Just dumb little game mechanics. I I know because in games we play, there's always like if you're if there's some detective game, you're gonna have cops and this and that or something. You're gonna go, well, how would a detective do? Well, they would do this, this, and this. And they would question. So there's no phone books. There's no this. There's no that. But they'll look for video. And what? Yeah, they'll look for video. And there's always somebody with a cell phone field. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can. Add, you know, do little things that if, as a game master you you can use, right? And I can tell you that anything you see on CSI is bullshit. So there's, <laughs> there's no, unless we're in some sci-fi game where there's that stuff, like we're near 3035 and they pull a little wand out and they, they do that stuff doesn't exist. Right. And, you know, and there's no beating anybody in the thing. There's no planning of evidence. There's none of that goes on. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, it depends on the game you're playing. If you're playing certain jurisdictions in certain eras, you know, certain times, certain dates and times. If you're playing, I don't know, the South in the mid thirties and fourth third era, Jim, give you some whole sort of anecdotal stories. I've done in case studies about shit, um, that, that went on. Um, but that was, that was horrific. Um, uh, just, uh, you know, I could, I could tell you about, um, so what type of like, let's say we're, you know, how, how police deal with, uh, vice stings and everything. But I can also tell you about, the military I can also tell you about from my wife in education, um, raising a kid or just some of the things like what it's like to do CPR on somebody, you know, uh, things like that. Just like, okay, you're doing first aid. So what happens when you do first aid? I can say, well, when you first prove your first chest compression, somebody's ribs crack. And if you've never done it before, the first time you do it, it fucking just sends a shiver down your spine. Yeah. It's like, what did I just do? And then you realize you're, because your training kicks in, it's like you're saving their life or you're trying to you keep going because that's just what happens. The ribs separate, they, they crack and they separate because you're, you're, and you know, and you got to remember sometimes you do a little harm to do good. Um, so when you're, when you're trying to save stuff, it's like putting a tourniquet on it hurts like fucking hell, but it'll keep you alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. And that's, that's a, a dark way of looking at it, but I've had <laughs> dark stuff going on. I've had a lot of good things going on, but I, that I've had some, there's a lot of good things like, you know, and, you know, but uh, anyway, go ahead. Next question. <laughs> I guess yeah, I is, the last is one there, there anything you know, else, right? Anything Dan. else you want the, yeah, anything else you want the reader, the listeners to uh, know yes, about I you? Do. I am the greatest gamer. I am the best. And others will get on and say they're good, but I am the best. Truly, truly, I am wonderful. I am the great, powerful Oz. What, what's your uh, gamer tag? You got a tag, don't you? Uh, no, Not he, just Sean. No, I'm a Lord. Oh, yes. Uh, so I am uh, Lord Ireland. So uh, I am not the Lord of all. Let me put this disclaimer <laughs> out. So when I was many years ago, uh, and I got this from the S, uh, Go to SCA events, which is Society's Creative Acronyms. 
I was nicknamed the Sean the Irish Bastard, and I got it from Blackadder. I needed an SCA name. It's a name. I, I wasn't going to use. I'm, a, I'm not making up a name for myself. I thought it was at the, and I get it now, but at times like bullshit. My parents gave me my name. I'm using it, and I stubborn me. I didn't. Cram, I didn't come like a Ajax the unholy or anything. Nothing. <laughs> you know, people make crazy, really good personas, by the way, in the SCA. So I was Sean the Irish Bastard. So what happened was. I love I, anything Irish. I, I I leaned into, like ah oh, potatoes, the greatest food ever made. Uh, you know, and I, and I just went on this rant whenever I went to SCA events about Irish, and I, and I hated English. <laughs> I was like, oh, they the limey bastards! I'd beat the Queen Mother to death with a ham hock right now. She was in front of me, that dirty cunt, and people were like, Jesus Christ, do it! You don't understand. She's English. I don't care. You think she's a sweet old lady, but she's evil. She's evil. She's got minions. They come after you at night. They hunt the Irish down. She's got, and I made up all these stories about this sweet old woman who's never hurt anybody. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, you know, but it was all a gag. It was a gag. Uh, so then somebody's like, call me Lord. I, I said, I am the Lord of all. I, I was joking around. I am Lord of all. I am the Lord. I love all. I am the Lord of all is Irish because I love all is Irish. And then somebody started calling me Lord Ireland. And then one day, everybody started calling me Lord Ireland. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I said, somebody from Ireland is going to see me one day and get pissed and want to knock me the hell out. But that's the truth. So that's, that, that just stuck with me. I used that as my moniker and jokingly. And, uh, you know, and, you know, and, uh, I, and I will use that probably. It'll stick with me to the day I die. It's not a bad one, you know. Um, mm, it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be Lord, Lord Bastard. Actually, that wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> Uh, you know, that, that would have a great, you can tell a story with that. Or Lord Douche would suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's LD, man. Lord Douche. Uh, but anyway, um, so that's pretty much it. Uh, no, I, I don't really have anything else exciting to say. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just like anybody else uh, when it comes to, you know, I, be, I, I have a very cynical look at uh, on politics and uh, most things, I think most people generally think they're doing good, and they mean they, they really believe they're doing good, but they read too much of the wrong things, and they let their emotions take away. We live in a time where people run on emotions, um, and because uh, everybody's upset about something. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We've been in a lot of wars, economic crises. Everybody's emotional, and uh, we got to get back to logic. Um one of the things that will help you get over your emotional stress is gaming because you get to go full <laughs> off steam in your gaming. That's right. And that's one of the things I always did. And I will say this about gaming in some of the worst times of my life uh, when I was going through some real hard stuff. Um, and I'll give it best example. My father passed away. And though some of you don't, you know, my story of my father when he passed, um, it was very traumatic and I'll just leave it at that without getting into detail. I had also been in a car accident, terrible car accident. My kneecap shattered my, Sternum was bruised. Uh, my eye socket was shattered. God, I had ribs, everything. I was, it was horrible. I mean, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Holy moly. And my father, of course, passed away during this period, two days after Christmas. And that's where I get my CPR experience from. Um, in the middle of all this, you know, I'm going to lay cat. Horrible. But anyway, um, somebody, and I still don't know who did it, said, hey, man, let's go. I guess you guys are good guys. And you thought, Hey man, this guy, he can't come game with us. Let's go game with him. So we came to the house of Roy. Roy was there. I think James, I thought one of you might've been there. Greg was there. I remember, but we played champions in my parents' house. And this is like not even a week after my father had passed. It was after new year. And I 
didn't realize it at the time, but something inside me was folded, an organ or something. I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't sit upright. I had to roll. I thought it was just soreness, right? But evidently, when turned to accident, the force of it jumbled by something was lying where it shouldn't have been. So somebody did something. I forgot what it was. Some ridiculous, crazy champion move somebody had created. And we were la- and I laughed so hard, uh, my chest popped. And people heard it. Oh. <laughs> I was laughing. I went, oh, oh. And people were like, oh, Sean, are you okay? You're going to cry. And I remember everybody looking at goes, no, no. I'm laughing so hard it hurts. And I feel better now. Something is fixed in me. And, I, and the laughter fixed me. And I remember thinking how amazing it was that in this terrible time I was going through, I was able to get my friends and go somewhere else, totally removed from this horrible world I was living in at that moment, and and have a good time. I haven't laughed in, um, Jesus Christ, I got injured before Christmas. I haven't laughed in weeks. Hmm. It had just been a struggle. And, you know, and... uh, I really miss gaming when I didn't have it. There's times in my life, you know, it's it's been really something I've looked forward to because it's just you get with your friends and you get away from it and you can at least for a few couple few hours you can just close your eyes, open your eyes, you're this person this this thing on a piece of paper. There's a group of people with a thing on a piece of paper, a guy or girl who's creating a thing, and you know, and, and that's what you are. You know, it's not real, it's bullshit. It's a but it's a smoke screen, it's a story. All right. But it's real enough to just distract you from all the storming of the White House, the coronavirus, wars, China, Putin, whatever you want to talk about. You know, it, it just distracts you from that, you know, and uh, and it gives you a chance to mentally decompress. And then when you're done, you feel a little bit better about yourself. So I, I would tell anybody that, um, you know, it's, it's better, slightly better than reading. It's better than reading a good book. And I'll leave it yeah. at that. That's it. Well, that's all I got. That's great. Well, Sean, thank you so much. I think yeah, thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, it was good talking with you. All right. And, uh, we'll see you uh, next session, right? Yeah, next session. Do not play this until everybody's recorded. That's right. I mean, <laughs> so I how many other people say they're the greatest gamer besides me? Because <laughs> somebody else, well, I want to see who does it. All right. And if, and if gotcha. they don't, I win. That's all right. I win. I win. Right. Sorry. Deal. <laughs> All right, take care.